Thank you this morning. Lord, we bring all the worship, all the glory, all the honor to your name. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We worship you, Jesus. We honor you. Worship you. When you bring it in the first begotten, Say, let all the angels worship him. All the heavens, all the heavens declare, declare your glory. Declare your glory. Declare your glory. Declare your glory. Bless you. Bless you. We bless you. Thank you. We honor your separation, your consecration, your blessedness, our Father. All the heaven worship, all your creatures, the four living creatures, all the angels of the most holy heaven worship you. Your seraphims, your stones of fire, they have their own song their own sound, holy, 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 Lord of hosts. They see your holiness, they see your separation, and they worship you, our Father. All your works, bless you, the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion, all the thrones, all principalities in heaven. They acknowledge you, they acknowledge you. We acknowledge who you are, our God. We bless you. Lord, we allow our heart to arise to take up the task of worship this morning. Lord, to, to make war against things that stop men from worshiping you. Father, we ask this morning, put wear upon us a, a cloak, a garment, a garment of awe before you, a garment of all in your presence, Lord, that will make war against every false thing, every false idea, everything that is not in alignment with the truth, with the truth of who you are, our Father, our Father, our Father. We give you praise. We give you praise. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for 
holy bread today. Our soul, our soul drags on. We we need help, Father. So we should come to the waters, those who thirst, that we should come and buy and eat. Why do we labor for that which satisfy not? You have satisfaction, true satisfaction. You call it true bread. You have the true bread. You have living water. She said to that woman that he would drink of this water. Will not thirst. Will not thirst. Will not thirst again. Come and help us to fetch by the Spirit. By the Spirit. To fetch. To fetch. Fresh to fall. To fetch. Fresh deeper head of Orisia. Groving. To Verno Corias, Eminicoria, to Vacaminoria, Amios, Verneste, Praticia, 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 to Perena Maconia, Tiamato, Bolivian Hot, to Menacadio, Hoven Heliamot Hot, Adamatoli and Hovene, Amato and Siamatoska, Ferenosis, Perenacia, Perondis. Evrantas to metiahatia ekalia ekalia dos to semetuita prostate kalimetuita eprestian to menot to eat a mastio efrenoto to make you to eat elemento crevataita emenotias to pretia amonotia to eat efrenet to eat even I kills, Tyanoste, Anioste eat, Arest, Omnios, Open, Ferrahamino, Abraham, Tumiliantus, Teferanantus, Orinakis, Samite, Tamahite, Tomenite, Hite, Itius, Entrus, Etrus, Entrust, Entrust, Ever Entrust, Heaven and trust, heaven to trust, excellent to trust. Ever antios to make kielta, may help, to help, for any help, to make and help, anions to help, anions, anions to help, to make your help, to enter, prepare to help, to enter, prepare to help, to enter, come to help, come to help, come to help, come to help, carry me to help. Carry me to go to help. Erinoste, Frenhoste, Arinste, Kalionste, Krimionste, and entry, entrance, entrance, embryon trust, 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 to fear and to trust, 
to me to open. Operatia, open a hand. To me open. To my open. To make it open. Only a kind open it. And I meant to call you a stool. 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 At the end. Effort to enter. Effort to enter. Effort to enter. Mercy. Mercy. I'm here and I'm making them into mercy. Every enter can enter mercy. I don't know. For, for to friend you, frame you. Often and to frame, frame you. As the man to frame you, a friend to frame you. A friend to frame you. A client to frame you. A man to frame you. A man to frame you. Ancient to frame you. A limited to frame you. A lion to frame you. A lion to frame you. A lime to frame you. A lion to frame you. A refrain. Frame into frame. A man to make you frame. I meant to might free. I meant to mind and free. Heaven and to free me. Heaven happens. To me heaven. To me heaven. To make you heaven. To make you heaven. To make you heaven. To make you heaven. Even unto free me. Ask to friend. To find me. To help you. To help you. To home you. To home you. To home you. To home you. To lend your own to hold you. Ever into heaven. Ever into heaven. As to heaven. Is to heaven, is to heaven, is to heaven, is to heaven, is to heaven. Thank you. Shakirios, Tabara, 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 Tabara. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Do you have an interpretation? No? No? Okay. Go ahead. Thank you, Father. Precatevia la posta gadia pantatalia, felia prosecalia, fena macataniu, a firm to come to help you, a fretemi help you, I've come to help you, I have come to help you, I have come to make you enter in, to make you for to enter in, for to come in, for to come in, for to come in and come in and keep coming in, keep coming in for the coming and the entrance, even into the Holy Ghost is the entrance and the framing of you. It is the making and the raising on you. So keep entering. For we've come to help you. For to enter in. To enter in. To enter in and enter. For we've come to frame you. We've come to make you heavenly. We've come to make you an abode. We've come to make you. We've come to make you. We bring help. Help for to enter. Help to enter. Help to enter and keep entering. For as you enter you are being framed. For the level of your entering. The time is the level of your framing. So keep entering in. Keep coming in. Keep coming in. Keep coming until you reach the summit. Until you reach eternal life. Keep coming. Keep entering in. Keep entering. Keep entering. Keep coming. We've come to help you up. To make you heaven. To make you heaven. To make you heaven. We've come to make you heavenly. We've come to make you heavenly. We've brought the martyrs of heaven. The martyrs of heaven. The martyrs of heaven. To make you heavenly. To bring you up. To make you enter in. Come to form you. To form you and to fashion you up after the order of the spirit. Keep entering. Be lost in the Holy Ghost. Be lost in the Holy 
Holy Ghost. Be lost in the Holy Ghost. Be lost there. For as you are lost there, you are lost in every other world. But you begin to be awakened even in my realm. And my realm. I want you to be awakened in my realm. And that you may be totally eaved up and taken from every other realm. For this is your place. This is your place. Enter in. Keep joining in. Keep coming in. Enter in. Enter in. And you are being formed. As you enter, you are being fashioned. You are being raised. You are being formed. Enter in. Enter in. Enter in. Praise Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Um, Good morning to you. Um, Please say good morning to someone. Welcome them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Um, Hebrews chapter... Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews 12, verse 4. Oh, let's see verse... Okay. Let's just read from verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, praise God, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise Jesus for... Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your heart, in your minds, for you have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Father, we we ask that you will help us this morning. Lord, we ask for grace, for fellowship, release mercy. Lord, I will help us to um, open up your word to us, Father, and, and we ask for mercy for fellowship. Lord, no one here is, has done anything to be worthy of listening to you this morning. But Father, we're asking that we stand on the ground of mercy, and we pray, Father, that you just have mercy on us, just Amen. the way your heart is, and allow your word to flow to us. Don't hide your heart from us. Give us grace, Lord, to fellowship with you and utterance. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. For you have not yet resisted unto, unto blood, striving against what? 
striving against sin. Glory to God. So the, the path which they describe here, verse 2, it said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was what? Set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is then he sat down at the, at the right hand of the, what? The, of the throne of God. For, you see, the right hand, it's clear that the right hand is a, um, is a place of a particular, is a domain, is a particular domain of joy, right? In the spirit, you say that in the presence of God is fullness of joy, and then at the right hand are what? A pleasure, so, so it's clear that the, the, the pleasure, what was said before him is, is a kind of joy, right? That's a joy of the right hand, praise Jesus. Um, so, but, but he has to, he has to be subject to the path in the spirit that takes his soul even into this place, right? They call it um, a race in verse one, am I correct? So let us run with patience, the what? Run with patience, the race that is set before us. We're look, looking unto Jesus. If, you are, if you're looking unto him, you're looking at not just him, you also have to be able to see the place where he is set down. Do you see that? Verse two said, looking unto Jesus, he's the, um, he's the author and he's the, the finisher of our what? Of our faith, who is the author. So it's clear that our faith has uh, a beginning Praise Jesus, and our faith has what an ending. It has a finishing point. That when you, when you continue to, to, to run with what it says, run with patience the race. That is when you're running with patience. Is a run. Is running by faith. Yes, sir. Because it is. You are supposed to be imitators of those who, those who you imitate are these witnesses. There are many of them who, if you check verse chapter 12, many of them were examples. You know, we said it in chapter 12, these all are for our example. They are examples for us. And the Bible says we should be imitated of, imitators of those who through, through faith and what? Patience did what? Obtained the promise. Praise Jesus. Um, now he says, You run the race, you should run it with, let us run with patience the race. So, not just having your faith, there is the faith, um, but there is the patience of the path. There is a what? There is a patience of the path that without the, the patience of the path, you won't be able to arrive at the finishing, what he calls finishing. Praise Jesus. Uh, so you see, faith is a, 
is faith metamorphosizes, faith changes, faith changes as you, as you journey, praise Jesus, and you journey by faith. Of course, you start first um, with a faith as just a simple foundation, right? a basic foundation, which you start with in the spirit. Then you have to journey by faith until it, the faith moves you higher and keeps moving you in the spirit until you get to a place where that Jude referred to as the most holy faith, remember? He calls that, that when you, are, you have the most holy faith, at that point you are in a position in the Holy Ghost that allows you to pray in the Holy Ghost. And it's clear that um, the place, this place in the Holy Ghost, which is a dimension of the Holy Ghost where you find the love of God, Right, said, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Glory to God. So there is a place in the Holy Ghost that keeps that mercy. It's called the, the, the domain of the love of God. And that place in the spirit is the, is the realm of joy in the spirit, do you see that? Um, which it's characterized, which is a characteristic of a kind of faith. Praise God, the, the characteristic of most holy faith is joy. Praise Jesus. The characteristic or the expression, you can almost call it the fruit, right? Is is a fruit. You know, when you're counting fruits in the spirit, yeah, fruits are calibrated inside the Holy Ghost. Right? According to the dimension of the Holy Ghost, there's what you call the fruit of righteousness. It's a kind of fruit in the spirit. There's what you call the fruit of peace. It's called the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It's also a kind of fruit in the spirit. There's, there's what you call the fruit of joy. <laughs> right? It's, which is... It's, uh, it's, it is the fruit of joy is a particular is, is a fruit that appears in the season of inheritance or the season of harvest. You know, he said that those who doubt, doubtless going forth, sowing, weeping, right, that they will doubtless come back again rejoicing, having bringing their what their sheaves with them. Praise Jesus! Those sheaves are carrying fruit of harvest, or not just any harvest, but fruit of harvest of joy, right? Bountiful fruit of harvest of joy in the spirit. Glory to God. So the, the fruit of the most holy faith, because every faith has a fruit. Praise Jesus. Because faith is likened to seed in the spirit. Faith is what? It's like in every time, once when you receive faith, you have gotten seed. Faith is so, and every seed has a fruit. So when you, when you receive faith, that faith, you don't just take the faith alone. You must, that faith, you must do something with the faith for the faith to produce fruit. That's a journey, that's how you 
that spiritual journey, at every time they want to give you, to help, help you in the spirit, they will, they will bring you into an allocation of faith, and they will wait, can this allocation of faith bring forth its kind of fruit? Because it's according to the faith that you have that you bring forth fruit in the spirit. Praise Jesus. There is a faith of the, of the courts. There is a faith of the sanctuary. There is a faith of the world, of the most holy. It's clear that the, the seed of the most holy, the faith seed, you have faith, is the faith of the son. Do you, do you see that? The faith of the son really is, if you check it, it has, it is not really a seed of the courts. It's a seed of the, holy, of the sanctuary because you don't have any, any, any portion of the faith of the son without sanctification. Do you see that? You don't really have, the court is actually a preparation for faith. For, the, for, the, for you to actually commit the seed. The court helps you to get a qualification of the, them committing seed to you. Yes, sir. It's a seed, that thing of faith, the faith of the son must be bought into. You must, is a, and you buy into the faith of the son by agreement, it's a commitment. Yes, sir. That is, is something, then the court is to establish that commitment. Right? When, you are, when you, are, you are coming into the faith of the Son, it's a commitment into something. It's a vocational commitment because the faith of the Son is a vocation. It's not something you do with other things. It's something that they keep. It's something that they commit to you when they've checked that all your distractions are gone, that you are able to change your, 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 your ambient light Right, which is shifting from moving under the sun to moving into a within kind of profession, which is a, an enclosed place with a particular specific kind of light that you just be using a specific light. You must have agreed and said, I will no longer use every, the other lights. I am ready to narrow my life down, right, to begin to use the light of what? of the sanctuary. So it's clear that the Levites are not using the light of the sanctuary for living. Even though they have come around the tabernacle and you find them there, they are still trying generating commitment to living by just a particular light. Praise Jesus. So that sort of agreement within the soul is the kind of a buying point. Is a, is a buying point, is a very key point in the, in the Old Testament that to make some, move someone to have capacity for the whole, holy ministry, ministry of the sanctuary, there are certain rites which must be done. Certain things must occur to them. There are elements of their garment that must be added. There has to be a washing, there has to be an anointing, there has to be sacrifices, some blood has to be shed all kinds of things. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So when, what you're buying into in the faith of the Son is, your, is a commitment of, is, is actually a, is a commitment to live a certain way. Right? That's the, the sign that you are, the difference between the courts and the most holy is that in the courts, 
you are a believer of the faith of the Son. When you come into the sanctuary, then I'll say that you must commit to live by this faith and this faith alone. Do you see that that's what, that's actually what makes you a sanctuary person. It is living. Paul was saying that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, that, but yet not I, but the life which I now live in the flesh, and I live by the faith of the Son of God who, who loved me and did what, and gave himself for me. Praise Jesus. So that faith of the sanctuary, the faith has, when you say, when you say come and leave this faith, what they are telling you is, come and take this faith and do the things that you need to do to make it produce fruit. Do you see that? It's the, it's the exercise. You can't expect a, a, a Levite to produce the fruit of this faith of the son. They, they can't, they don't even have the environment to, that can cause the seed of the faith of the son to bring forth fruit. The ground of the courts, if you sow the faith of the son in that ground of the court, it won't bring forth fruit. It will not bring forth. You might see, you might even see germinate. You might see germinate, you might see the, 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 the tree, the ex- kind of expression of it in that place. But there's, there's, you'll find that it will not be able to, be produ- to, to produce because to make the, the seed of the faith of the sun bring forth, every tree needs its light for photosynthesis to occur, right, for the right, you know, prosperity of that tree. So the only kind of light that the, the tree of the faith of the sun can, can use really is the light of the sanctuary. It's not the general light. Do you see that? <laughs> Praise God. So if the seed of that faith is committed to a soul, and the soul will say, I will, I will hold, I will hang around with this seed. You know, we can do that kind of thing. See, the soul can carry seed in their pocket for a long time. Some can carry it, walk around. Some have storehouses. They can put the seed. They can store it for just, there's so much, there are so many things you can do with seed. Uh, praise Jesus. You can have seed, then go about living your own life, doing your own thing. You are, you are carrying the seed. You're actually counting the seed. You're keeping them, keeping track of them. They are stored in your bag. They are stored in your purse. But you, you have not done what it takes to move into the husbandry or the, 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 kind, of, um, the kind of activity, the agricultural commitment. Praise Jesus. It's a, is a, is a way of life. You see, farming is a way of life. Like a farmer has some, he's a, a farmer is tied to his land. You can't, a farmer can't operate with normal schedule. There are things that the land will call him at this time. Things must be attended to. He's tied to the land. You understand what I mean? Even though he has a house, but he's not really living in that house. Where he's living with is with the crops. He's, he's sensitive to the crops. Praise Jesus. So the, the, the sanctified life is, is a life of commitment to fruitfulness. Right, that the the faith, the seed of the of the faith of the son, gives 
that you have received, one day the soul will decide, okay, I'm no longer carrying, going to carry this seed around. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do what it takes to bring fruitfulness to this seed. The day that that seed, the soul makes such a decision, that is the, the beginning of priesthood. That is what makes you a priest in the spirit. Having the seed of the faith of the son does not make you a priest in the spirit. Because priesthood is a vocation. It's a task. It's something you do. It's actually a vocation of commitment. That is, and what you commit to priesthood is not some time or some hours. It's life that you commit. You, just, you submit. The only thing they accept is life. You must be willing to do what? To submit your life, right? I live by the faith of the Son. It's not that I use the faith of the Son for some things, for some decision making or in some season. I I, I consult the faith of the Son when I'm trying to figure out what what to do. Sometimes, mostly when it's convenient. That's not the way. It's actually a pathway, the initiation into the faith of the Son is a crucifixion, right? It's a, it's a part of, of, of crucifixion. It's, it's, you must learn that thing. You must learn the pattern of Jesus, right? Which is what that Hebrews chapter 12 is teaching us, that you, you must know how. How did Jesus move and make progression and then land at the right hand? How did he end up being situated, being set. Chapter, verse 2 said, and he's set down. He's, he's set down at the word, at the right hand of the word, of the throne of God. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. Now, for, for Jesus to get to this place, where he is set down at the right hand of God, he has been he has carried on faithfulness with different kind of seeds. Calib- he has different caliber of seeds, different kind of seeds have been committed into his hand. And heaven has watched him. He has passed all the exams concerning how to, everything that needs to be done to bring forth fruit. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we know that that the beginning of entrance is enduring of the cross, right? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. So because of the joy, it's clear that this joy that was set before him, what is this joy? It's the fruit of the most holy. It's, it's another, it's the fruit of, a, of a, far, a far seed, of a higher seed. It could he could see that seed that's actually the promise, right, that was promised. What is the promise that is promised to us was also promised to Jesus, right? And Jesus could see it in the spirit. Jesus could sight most holy faith. Then from seeing most holy faith, he could see most holy life, right? Then, and, he, and if you can see the most holy life, he was able to see the fruit of the most holy life, which is the fruit of 
joy. Glory to Jesus. Ooh, so he says, and because of that, for the joy that was set before him, glory to Jesus, Hallelujah. then he did what he, he endured the cross. Do you see that? He did what he endured the cross, then he despised the shame. Those are not the same thing. They res after you have taken the cross, that's not the end. That's, the, that's actually the beginning. Taking of your cross is actually priesthood. Do you see that? To, do you understand? It's the beginning of priesthood. Every priest has a cross. What is, what is the meaning of taking up your cross? Like Jesus Christ said, that if he who follow me, there are some things you must do. You must, first of all, you must count the cost. Counting the cost is, the, is what you do in the, in the courts. Levi, they're counting costs. They will check outside, the guys outside, because the guys outside, they always come. There, so they can check them out, check their living, check their swag, check their different things, check the kind of life is arranged, check their pride, check their, their situation. They see them. People who are bringing their things to the, to, the, to the sanctuary, to the tabernacle, to the temple, the Levites see them. So Levites have VC, they have, they're able to see the without life. And then they also see those coming out, priests come out, the high priests come out from the most holy, from the holy place. They all meet, they are in that court. So that, so that court, the court is a, is a decision point. Do you see that? It's, I don't know what for court, a court is a kind of, it's play a kind of judgment or cause. You must balance evidence, do and all kinds of things and then make, give your judgment. So it's not the judgment of the throne, it's the judgment of the Levites. They have to judge both life. Do we want the within life or the without life? Do you get what I'm saying? So, so that place is, is a cost counting, right? That's the, Jesus said that they will follow me, that you must, you must count the cost. You begin by counting the cost. The reason why you count the cost is so you can take up your cross. So... It's very clear that nobody goes into the sanctuary without a cross. The cross must have been taken up, right? You take up your cross and follow me. Right? You take up your cross and follow me. You count the cost, praise Jesus, right? Then you do what? You take up your cross. So what is the taking up of the cross is the, is the decision the commitment for to bring forth to, for the, the seed of the life of the faith of the Son. Glory to Jesus. The cross is powerful because only the cross can withdraw the blood of the Son. Right? Only the cross can do what? Can can withdraw the blood of the son. Only the, only the cross, the place of the cross is a place of exchange. It's an exchange of blood. It's actually a tool. So if you say, okay, I want to go and exchange my life, you say, okay, where is your cross? How do you, we can't exchange life without cross. Cross is where, is the intersection point where we, we take this one and we give you our own. We receive your own. We give you what? Our own. 
You bring your own, and you do what? You take our own. But the cross first must be carried. Right? Jesus said unto his disciples, Matthew 16, 24, if any man will come after me, that would come after me, it's not just who will follow me or something. My wife was explaining, was this the place she was explaining that it's not just who is following me, come after me, it's after I have gotten there, who will come? After I have, after I have gone, right, where is he going to? That right hand position, right? When I have gone there, means going there is a coming. Do you see them? He that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's the first thing that's talking about. It is the faith that will take you to God. You must have the seed of that faith and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently. Those who are diligent seekers are not just believers. Diligence has to do with paths, walking. It has to do with journey. Do you see that? Glory to God. So, coming, praise God. Say, say coming. coming. Say, come to God. So, this coming here is so if a man will come after me, that if you're going to come to God after me, you must first deny yourself. Praise the Lord. Then you must what? Take up your cross and then what? and follow me, glory to God. There's a place where he spoke about counting the cost, but it's the same thing. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you can find that place. Let him, he said deny himself, then take up his cross and do what? And follow me, amen. <clears throat> okay, this is talking about building, setting not down first, and then counting the cost, it's the same thing. Praise God, you see? Amen. So this is using it in the terms of building, right, in Zion, right? You know, the, the holy mountain, okay, verse 27, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Or which of you intending to build a tower stead not down first and then counted the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it. So it's the same thing, this is putting it together. Do you see that? So the, the cost counting point is, before, before you get the, the foundation in Zion, cost counting, he said I have laid in Zion for a foundation, a stone, right? So that stone which is laid is, is the foundation of Zion. But before building can start, what would happen? You count what? You must have counted the cost before building can actually start. We know that when it comes to the mountain in Zion, the mountain is a, is a mountain of the sanctuary. It's not a, really a mountain in the courts. The court is not the base of the holy mountain. The sanctuary is the land of the holy mountain. So it means that when you are in the court, nothing has really been built. You've not really arrived at the actual land where the foundation in Zion is laid. 
the, that, that, that foundation cannot be laid without a commitment, right? The commitment must, cannot be done without counting of cost. You, can you commit to something that you don't know the cost? If you say, I, I'm committed, you're a liar. So, it's not the day you say, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Now, how many people have sung that song? But, they say, no turning back, no turning back, right? Many songs have sung that song, but ended up turning back. Some sang the song, they didn't turn back, but they never followed any day. They never took even one step. Because that's not really, to follow Jesus takes um, some, some counting of cost. So which of you, if you want to build a house, will not first of all count. You have to sit down and do what? And count the cost. Praise Jesus. So the faith of the, you have the faith of, the, of Christ, right? Which has its fruit, which is the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Then you have another seed, which is a different kind of seed in the spirit, which is called most holy faith. And that seed must also be sown in a ground. You must find the ground to sow that seed. You must do what? You must find the ground. The ground to sow that seed is, must come, but that ground does not just appear. You don't just move in there. You build into the ground. It's different from the way you find, the way you find the ground for Christ. It's not the same way you find the ground for God's life. It's not the same way. The, to find the ground for Christ doesn't involve building. It just involves, it's a kind of a, a shift, the, the handle, the seed of righteousness. You must take that seed, smell the seed. When you're looking at you look at the seed very well. After, after a while, when you hold the seed of, of Christ, when you keep looking at the seed, after some time, the seed will start showing you visions. It will start, start doing what? It will start showing you what? Visions. It will start speaking to you. It will be talking to you. It has to paint all the different parameters to help your heart to make a decision to count the cost. Do you see that? Mainly, you move into the holy place by decisions. That is the key thing, right? Is valley. The Bible calls it the valley of decision. Valley means be, before the mountain. Below the mountain is a valley of decision. Right? You must decide. It's, it's really decision that makes you do what? Uh-huh. So I'm not talking about decision to come and hear word of righteousness. No, that one is, 
That one is the decision that people make to go to the temple. Right? It's decision to journey towards a temple. That one, by God's grace, many of us have made, was able to make those decisions. If not, you shouldn't be here. Or I wonder why you, you will be here. Amen. But you've made such a decision that there's something about it. There's another life, far away life. I smell it. I see some life somewhere that some guys are living somewhere. You're able to make a decision. It's more of a decision. Let's go and check it out. Uh, that's how, what lands people in this kind of place and this kind of thing. It's, it's, can, let, can we go and check out what's happening in that place? You understand? What I, so when you, you go there and you check it out, you can, you, uh, sometimes you, 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 when you get there, you now begin to smell another kind of seed. Right? Another kind of seed. Another kind of life. There's a different kind of life around this First of all, interesting. It's intriguing. You get, when you come into the courts, you just see, it's like moving to another civilization. It's like going to another world. Let's say you left Earth, you went to Mars or something. You just saw another life form there. Oh, wow. Or something. Then you say, okay, I would like to stay here and, and what? And I want, to, I want to stay here and invest my time to figure out what this is all about. That's the journey of separation. Right? You, you will say, okay, you come out from among them and be separate. It's separate for to figure out what is this thing all about. Amen. That's the point where his soul starts attending meeting. The point where his soul starts listening to word of righteousness, attending meetings. That soul is in that kind of season. The, the, is to measure separation. Is to help the soul to, because that, those messages at that time, it's not saving the person's soul. Someone cannot hear a word of righteousness for first one week and say it will save your soul. Or sometimes in the first year, it hasn't saved your soul at all. It's just, it's just trying to, to, to lay out the, 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 the vicinity of the, of the temple in the spirit. He's trying to paint the different aroma of that life. He's trying to show you there can be it's another way of living. You know, there's another way actually life can be organized on the earth. It's very very different from how other men live. It will just paint that, bring the highest message. That's all they will get from it. They won't be able to get too much more than that. You understand what I mean? Then after some time, when they've stayed for some time, they now begin to see. Themselves. Because when you stay around that world for a little bit, it's called that the, the world is trying to magnet you to a point. That's one thing about the word of right. It doesn't let you go. It, when you're trying to go, it will, it will be talking to you. Glory to God. It's, where are you going? Every time you leave it and come and you hear it again, you feel like you have sinned. Say, oh, but I did not sin now. All I did was I didn't hear for some time. Do you get what I'm saying? It's something about the world. It's like it's another world calling you and saying that to us, what you call sin is not what we call sin. What we call sin is leaving us. It's when you when you go away, that's what sin is. For, for us, you feel bad that and you should feel bad. See, don't ever overcome that thing. Do <laughs> you understand what I mean? Those of you, you now grow, they are very strong spiritually, so. You're not strong, you might not listen to a message for some time and you feel okay because 
please, that's not strength, that's death. You understand? You should feel bad when you are not listening to the word for some time. If you feel like you have sinned because you didn't listen to the word, yeah, you've sinned. You have sinned. When you, you, when you t- stay away from the, when you stay away from, if you stay away from the temple, you will be with your sin. Right, you will be with it. There's, just, there's something about the temple that takes away sin. It's, it's there's some, even the smell of it, there's something about the ambience of it that just, it begins to react with sin on the inside of you. If sin was sleeping, at, at least it will wake up. When you are listening to a certain kind of word, if sin, sleep or sin was resting, at least you will shake sin and sin will wake up that you are around a place where you cannot just rest anymore. Things contrary to your life are being said, are being spoken. Glory to Jesus. Amen. But when it so comes around that place, and it's good for you to be wise to understand all these things about journey and all of that. Otherwise, you, if you don't understand these things, you can easily just get weak, get frustrated. Because you don't, know, you don't know where they're taking your soul to. You don't know how long the journey is. You don't know. You understand what I mean? That's why you, you have to look unto Jesus. When you say looking unto Jesus, they're not telling you, well, can I see you now appear to me? No, 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 just try and to look unto him is check out his paths. Check out what it took for him. Check out how did he progress? How did he do it? What are the, what you, that's why you must run with patience. Patience means a, being okay with it taking some time. That's what patience means. Patience means you must, it is interwoven into the path that it must take some time because you are trying to redeem time in a soul. It takes time to redeem time. You can't cut it short. What, uh, what times have configured, you can't flick it away. You, you must, it's, it's like, have you done use VHS before? VHS tapes, or you, I don't know. Okay, if you have used VHS tape before, raise up your hand. It's another generation. Oh, wow, okay. Do you know what, you know what VHS is, raise up your hand. Oh my God. Some of you guys don't know what VHS is. Hey. Kai. So how can I preach this message now without, without VHS? Amen. It's like you in a VHS tape, right? You've played the tape. You've play, played almost to the end. You get what I'm saying? Then... You want to undo what you have watched? Can you just press a button and no, 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 it doesn't work that way. You must, you, you get what I'm saying? So when, if something has been timely configured with time, when it comes to soul time, you must bring, it will take the same time with a, with a reverse movement, a, a reverse direction. Are you getting what, you must, it's, so, but the power of Christ, Christ is a rewinder in the spirit. Wow. It's a, a type of a rewinder. It's to take you back to the beginning. You must go, be ready to go back. Only Christ can take a man, men who have journeyed away from the beginning point to find where they are and rewind them back. And it takes time. It takes time to repair the desolation of many generations. 
Do you understand what I mean? The only good thing is that Christ, Christ's own, Christ's timing, they designed it a certain kind of way. That by mercy, because Christ's seed is the seed of a future world. Christ's seed is a seed from an eternal world, which when you bring it into this time, it can repair desolations of many generations. So if you say a seed can repair the desolation of many generations, then it should not take many generations to repair. If it takes many generations to repair it, then, it's, it's, then the seed quality doesn't have the, the strength to re- repair desolations of many generations. It will just be another seed that you need many generations to fully inherit. So the power of seed, the way they design Christ is that they look at Christ and said, um, that's why when the, what the Bible calls it due season. That's what they call due season. While we are without strength, then they, they now check in due season. The due season is, is how should, when, how, what should, he said, um, when you are well without strength in due season, they, they didn't use the word Jesus here. Right, this is Romans 5. They're not talking about just Jesus and all of that. They are, they are speaking about the, the Christ, right? The, the sowing. They, they are speaking about here the not, this is not full salvation. They are speaking about dealing with ungodliness, that the, the stature of ungodliness. Praise God. That's what you call the ungodly in the spirit. He's a man. They can tell him. The full, that's what you call the full stature of ungodliness in the spirit. The Bible calls it the ungodly. The ungodly is a type of tree in the spirit that is not planted by the rivers of waters. Whose leaves wither? Who doesn't bring forth fruit in season? Is it, the ungodliness is a stature not to bring forth fruit. Right, it's a kind of fruit. They can tell you, they can, they can, they, everything about ungodliness is very clear in the spirit. It's actually a manual that Satan has designed. It's a pattern of building men. And so, to import ungodliness into men, to, to bring the design of ungodliness, that desolation, it took many generations to raise, to import the stature and the nature of ungodliness. Do you get what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you understand me? Yes, it took many, year, many generations to import what the stature of ungodliness. But, but, <laughs> but it doesn't mean, it doesn't take many generations to receive it. Do you understand me? It doesn't make take what? Many generations to receive it. Now, that thing, that thing is 
the biggest problem. That's why you need, you don't just need a prophet, you need a Christ. Do you get? When Jesus Christ came first, that was Jesus, just Jesus. When he came at some point, he started ministry, right, in, in Galilee. He already, as soon as he started speaking, he already started rewinding things. But you can't, that kind of ministry, prophetic ministry, you know, prophetic ministry was actually doing the, their best to slow down desolation. But it was very, very difficult to slow it down. It was a powerful program. It kept being transferred from generation to generation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But then God now sent the two prophets in that time, that season, when men were without strength, two high-caliber prophets. By high-caliber, I mean the, they have what makes them different from others is they, they have rewinding power. Another word for rewinding power is turning power. To turn. You know, Malachi prophesied concerning it when that season of the Malachi prophecy was ending. That was the last season of the normal kind of prophet. But he then prophesied at the end of Malachi, and he said that they will come for the day of the Lord. I will send for the spirit of Elijah in that day. And then he will turn the heart of the fathers to their children and the heart of the children to their fathers. This is different. What they are telling you is very easy. It's interesting. The, the heart of children are not normally turned to their fathers. The heart of children are turned towards children. That is the wisdom of generation. This one has children. The children raise the child. The child is empowered and looks for his own generation. It's, it's a procession. You understand what I mean? It's a continuous thing. But this is another, it said another kind of operation will occur in this season. Do you see that? It's to do something. It's to do what, it's to do what Elijah could not do. Do you agree with me? Elijah, when they say spirit of Elijah, it's not, it's not the man Elijah. <laughs> There's something called the spirit of Elijah that was in Elijah. But that spirit of Elijah couldn't fulfill the job. He kept prophesying to the nation. He kept killing all the bad prophets. You get what I mean? And all kinds of things. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. At some point, a wicked woman rose against him. He ran away. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Elijah did his ministry. Then what happened? They called him forth. He went into heaven. When he went into heaven, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. So Elijah went to heaven, but the spirit of Elijah is not the, the, his human spirit. He's talking about the type of spirit 
that was on him, praise Jesus, that was supposed to do something to Israel, but he couldn't do it. It wasn't time. Do you understand that? So he went back, glory to Jesus. Then, but there will be a season when the heart of the children will be turned to their fathers. This is the power, is, is the power of turning. Is also the power of reversal. The word father means beginning. It's beginning, right? To turn is the power to make the heart of man turn and face the beginning and begin to walk back towards the beginning. He said, lest I come and I will do what? Smite what? The earth with a cause. So what he calls due season, praise Jesus, is a time when heaven they've calculated and they said that at this point in time, um, the man must, there must be an intervention. So if there is no intervention, men will be in trouble. In other words, we can't allow men to continue on from here like this. So they sent two prophets. The first one will be a foreigner to the other one. But they have the same kind of ability in them. Well, the first one who will be a foreigner will, be, will, will have a first part of that spirit. Well, it won't be full and complete. In other words, his spirit will not, will not yield the, what you call the Christ. There's, a, there's what you call the messianic spirit. The messianic spirit is not just a prophetic spirit. It's more than a prophetic spirit. To produce a messianic spirit, it must, it must be a crossbreed of two spirits that must, what, that must produce a Christ. So it's very clear that Jesus as a prophet was different from um, Elijah, right? Because Elijah was a, a kind of a prophet that had his own spirit. It had the turning spirit. Praise Jesus. But you need somebody who is a product of both the law and the prophet. So Jesus had the spirit of Moses and Elijah. That, was, that is what you need. Are the two ingredients you need. If you can bring those three together in a generation... You produce the Messiah. You produce the Christ. Do you see that? That's what. That's what. Make, uh, you see. That's what makes what the because it is in the spirit. Only those two spirit. Those two spirit must um, 
they must, they are, their spirit must intertwine and is for the purpose of completeness of witness. Christ is the product of witness. Do you see that? Is a product of the law and the prophets. There's a way law and prophet must mix in a, in a particular concoction. Christ's anointing is after the art of apothecary in the spirit. Do you see that? It's, it's, an, it's a mix of base and substances or condiment according to proportion that must produce Messiah in the spirit. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? Yes, so those spirits Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Those spirits must, must come together in a generation, operate together. So when you see a Christ, a Christ is a, is a very, very high-level operation of the law and the prophet. Christ is when, not just the law, the spirit of the law and then the prophetic spirit. When they mix together and they begin to operate in unison, there's a way they combine to produce the messianic spirit. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And so when that happens, so John was able to a little bit come into this kind of operation of turning. Right, that's why nobody had ever preached repentance like John did. Because John did not only preach repentance, he had the baptism of repentance. Right? Yes. Prophets came and were trying to tell Israel to repent. No, nobody didn't answer them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But when John came, John wasn't only teaching. John was, wasn't just prophesying. John was baptizing, right? And physically demonstrating what he was, what he was doing by teaching. He was demonstrating it by water, right? And it was, it was causing turning. Turning means reverse, right? So John, the main power of John was turning in terms of change direction. Right, it took one thing that happened is that without the change of direction, nobody will be able to recognize Jesus. Jesus would not have had any disciples if not for John. Right, Jesus wouldn't have had any disciples, it would have been difficult, maybe it would have been difficult, or maybe maybe he might have had because he could have done the ministry of John himself. But he said, No, let one go before you. Is to prepare the way. Let's just prepare the way for you. So John could not, that the way wasn't his. He didn't have the, the spirit of the way, but he could have the preparation for the way, which involves a, a kind of turning, a reorientation of the hearts of people. Do you see that? So when Jesus Christ came, Jesus now has those two ministries. Jesus was also a turner, 
how do I know he preached the same message that Jesus, that John preached? Means he also had the spirit of Elijah. Do you get what I'm saying? He also did what? He, also, he had the spirit of Elijah. Jesus had the spirit of Elijah. Jesus had the spirit of Moses. Because he was also a lawgiver. They prophesied concerning him. Right? Jacob spoke about him. Right? He said that the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and then unto him shall the gathering of what? The people be. Now, when he says lawgiver, he has the mosaic spirit. Right, it's the spirit of Moses, what, what made him. John was not a lawgiver, John was a turner. So, what makes up Christ? Christ is both a turner and a lawgiver. That's the, the meaning of the, the spirit of Christ. Now, anyone who can do that to the soul is Christ. That can make a soul to turn and give law to the soul. When I say give law, I mean bring another law. To bring another law to the soul. Do you see that? Everything I describe to you, they are the actual purpose of the temple, of the, of the tabernacle, yes. They are the purpose of the temple, the tabernacle. What, what is that first of all? The turning. And then what? The, the receiving of laws. The receiving of laws. Turning. And then what? Receiving of laws. Glory to Jesus. Unto Sheila come. And unto him shall the what? Shall the gathering of the what? Of the people be. Amen. So when the Bible says that while we are without strength in due season, Christ died. So that, what it was saying there, Christ is not a... A, a, um, it's not an accident. It's not speaking of just Jesus. It's talking about the, the Christ as a provision for ungodliness. Christ as a what? A provision against what? Ungodliness. When we're without strength, then he calls it in due time, Christ died for what? The ungodly. What, is, what makes Christ powerful? The power of Christ is his capacity for the, the rate, not just the capacity, but the rate at which he's able to undo what? To do what? On the stature of ungodliness over time. Is that be to rewind the stature of ungodliness? Praise God. Now, in the disciples, let's say, let's say Jesus' disciples, for example, 
They first went through John. John was able to do something in their heart. He did that, that work of turning them. That's what made them able to recognize. They, they kept recognizing Jesus. Nobody in a whole crowd, no one would know who Jesus is. But out of those 12, he went he talked, called them and talked to them. Ah, that was the Christ. It was unique. Jews were all, they were blind to him. This guy from Nazareth, who are you? Why are you being weird? And all those stuff. But, when, but if you were one of those disciples, those guys who were around John, the moment Jesus talks to them, he can recognize him because they've, they've turned. The, the spirit of Elijah had, has been around their heart. It's for turning. Glory to Jesus. That happened to them. Um, but... To make movement, Jesus then took them and then they began to follow Jesus. By following Jesus, you cannot follow Jesus, I mean Jesus in the flesh, without some rewinding happening to your soul. It's not possible. You can't tell me they followed Jesus for those years and they didn't, they didn't encounter some redemption. They encountered some redemption. But they were, it was not according to the power of the Christ. To undo everything in them by following Jesus, Jesus will have to lead them, might have to lead them for thousands of years. Because that's the amount of desolation that was in the souls of men. You cannot cheat that timing. You must find a way to do that. I mean, they will have to learn by repetition, one by one, by one, by one. You know, they were learning, but they were slow. Slow of heart. They were slow. Wow, what made them slow? Dullness. Right? There was slowness in man. So if they want to just, let's say we don't get Christ involved. Let's say Christ doesn't die for the ungodly. Let's say they let them just follow Jesus around alone. They had followed him for three and a half years. They followed him for what? Three and a half years. In Acts, you still saw their state. There are still things that, a lot of things that they had not even begun to scratch the surface concerning. How long would they have really taken? I'm, I'm saying, let's say, without Christ. What, what I mean by Christ, I'm talking about without the word of Christ. You get what I'm trying to say? Without word? Without the word of Christ. The redemption they experienced when Jesus was with them was not from Jesus' teaching. They didn't hear anything he said. He said, you can't bear them now. Forget about this thing. I'm actually preaching. I'm preaching for scripture's sake. I'm not preaching for you. You can't understand anything I'm saying. Forget about it. So the redemption that they experienced, you understand what I mean, was, Right? was Jesus was Jesus was a 
Jesus, Jesus was not a teacher. Jesus was a prophet. It wasn't, his, it wasn't a teaching prophet in that sense. It, you have to use spiritual mind now to understand me. Jesus taught for scripture. He wasn't teaching men. Those men couldn't bear his teaching. His prophetic ministry was not a teaching ministry. John's prophetic ministry was a teaching ministry, but it wasn't for scripture. John didn't teach for scripture. John, there are some things John said, I, I, I recorded just, he said it, but it's not, you can't hear a message of John. There's no scripture for what John the Baptist taught. What was he teaching in Jordan? We don't know what he was teaching. Because he wasn't teaching for scripture, he was teaching for turning. Do you understand? That's his way of turning was for teaching. John wasn't, wasn't living. They were not going to where he lives and all of that. Maybe he will be in the wilderness. He will just come out and start talking. They will listen to him and listen to him and all of that. And then he will go back into the wilderness. He was a strange guy like that. He was different. So he was, he was able to teach turning into the people. Jesus was different. Jesus wasn't teaching. He was teaching, but not those guys. See, you can't really, the height of what I'm saying, you can't, it's not for you. Jesus taught precepts of Christ, taught precepts of everlasting life, taught precepts of eternal life. He taught all of those things in his time. It's for scripture purpose. The redemption, the degree of redemption which his disciples attained wasn't from his teaching, it was from his living. It was from his being, from being around him. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, but to, 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 to Rewind that way without the word of Christ. You need many generations. Those men would have those men would have died. Not too much would have been done in their soul. If you left those guys for many, many years without Christ, they will still be cheating, they will still be doing some things, there will still be divisions among them. You won't be able to heal that thing. I'm a Jew and all of those things. To deal with those things, it takes time. To use just the method of, so, because that method, what is that method? It's an external method. It's a culture method. Oh. Hey. How long does it take culture to really settle? Right? It takes generation. So, I mean, I'm talking about the, not, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about, um, the, the, I'm talking about the spiritual, um, the spiritual work of building, of causing inheritance of way by the spirit. I mean, I'm not talking about that spiritual. I'm talking about the, the, the invention. Let me try by God's grace to, to explain something to you. Now, a soul can become very worldly in a short time on the earth, given some years, right? If you give a soul some decades on the earth, the soul can become, from when a child being innocent, to becoming a beast in some decades, right? To become completely worldly, become beastly beyond redemption in some decades. 
a person can do that. But to import beastly nature into humanity, you need many, many generations. Are you seeing the difference between that? In other words, what a person can inherit in a decade was already there. But for it to come as an import into the common bank of nature that men take from is not easy. It takes generations to do that. What are, because there are two different operations. To, to, to inherit a life that is, that is and to do life exploration. Life exploration takes a lot of time. I don't know how I can describe it. Those who know maybe a little bit of computing, you might understand. I can send you a Bitcoin very easily. I'll just send you a Bitcoin, if I have Bitcoin. No, I know cryptocurrency, it takes maybe a second, I'll just do the transaction, it's gone. But to generate one Bitcoin, what they call Bitcoin, the amount of energy, the amount of greed, computing power, because of the arithmetic, the processing that it needs to be to do in the blockchain, you understand what I mean? To generate just one Bitcoin. Sorry, the metaphor might not land because you don't know too much of, okay, computing. How long does it take to make a car? It's not that long. Let's say one car, the car, the one you're actually driving to actually manufacture it. It doesn't take that long. Maybe in one day, they can finish everything, or maybe two days. I don't know how much, how long, but not too far, not too long. Assemble all the parts, put it together to make that car. They have an assembly. They have a factory designed to produce hundreds of cars in a day. The time it takes to produce one, it's not that, but the technology in that car, I mean, this modern technology, 2023 technology, how long has it taken since the beginning of car idea? to arrive at that technology. You're talking how many years now? Almost a, it's up to a century. It's close to a century or something. So when you're driving a car, the car was made in one day, but the technology in the car was not made. It, can't, it took, some men did some work on it, they died. Like you, you drive a Ford car now, Henry Ford, <laughs> What is idea of car when he died? If he wakes up and see what guys are driving now, <laughs> like what is this? Means he did it to a point, a basic point, and left it there. Other guys came, they did their own engineering, they got tired, they did small, they added. Some other guys, generation. Are you seeing what I'm calling what the Bible calls desolations of many? So when when a soul is a child is growing up and becoming worldly. You don't know what they are receiving. They are receiving desolations of many generations. Now, now, this is, the, this is the part I want you to understand. What kind of technology is that to get desolation of many generations 
into a human being in a short time. That, that thing, do you see? Are you seeing what I mean? That, one, that thing is a wisdom in God that Satan also copied it. Yes. Satan also did what? Satan copied it. The moment when it's Satan, it's possible that um, praise God. The, that technology is called a Christ. Christ is the is is a kind of um, Christ. Say Christ. 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 Christ is a kind of spirit. Is a kind of anointing. Is a. Christ is Christ is a power. That's how Paul, the Lord taught it to Paul. The Lord was teaching Paul. You know, Jesus had helped the disciples to a point. Very little. Not too much was done in them. Just small. Just very little what they call the apostles' doctrine. Then Jesus looked at them and said, these guys, ah, to really download what I brought to you guys, you need to move into a kind of a superpower operation. You need to move into the dealings of power. Do you get what I'm saying? Dealings of what? It means that power must be brought to bear on the soul. To, right? Why must power be brought to bear? Because he must, the task, that's why they said in due time, he came. The task before heaven is that, how can we remove desolations of generations, desolations of many generations in one lifetime? Why? Because they made up their mind. From now, we will that none should perish. For every soul that comes to the earth, there must be an answer. Do you understand what I mean by that? So they said that in one lifetime, you must be able to do what? To remove all the word desolation of what? of many generations. It's a wisdom. Satan also now copied the same wisdom. You know, the wisdom of Christ, right, was not, is, 
was in God. Right? It was what? In God. Uh But Satan didn't know it from the beginning. Are you understanding me? The way I, maybe I'm wrong, I can be wrong. Okay, some of the things I'm teaching today, I don't know why I'm teaching it this way, but uh, I might, later I might come and tell you that, look, that message I preached the other day. <laughs> so just give me some room. Praise God. But, but there's something I feel is important to communicate to us. I don't think Satan knew anything about Christ. All the time he spent in heaven. He didn't know anything called Christ. He never saw anything like that. He, didn't, he never knew anything. He knew ungodliness. He, he, he created, he invented ungodliness right from the beginning. He knew godliness. Because the godliness was in him when he was. They made godliness in him. He knew even more than those things. But what you call Christ, Christ, is a secret. God didn't bring out Christ. Christ was not in, in Genesis chapter 1. It wasn't in chapter 2. It wasn't in chapter 3. It wasn't in chapter 4. It was not in chapter 5. It wasn't in chapter 6. If it was in chapter 6, it wouldn't have destroyed the earth. It wasn't in chapter 7. It wasn't in chapter... The only answer in chapter 6 or later was to kill everybody. All this desolation that has been caused, we, these people are not really, there's no answer to it. There was no Christ there. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Bar, Babel, all of that. The first time Christ, when God now designed and said, this stage has been set for me to bring my joker out, let's begin to now talk about a different thing altogether. When God found Abraham, right, and then began to talk, you see, when God was speaking to his friend, Abraham, you know, not only them will understand, all the angels must have been hearing that conversation. All the devils in hell, including Satan, I can bet you he was not far. He might have been standing there when the Lord was speaking. Because that was the first time that Christ was preached. He preached the gospel to Abraham. He, taught, he, he preached Christ to Abraham, right? And he gave him a promise according to, to Christ. That is the, the seed that he, right? That he promised, not, seed not as of many, but seed as of one. Which seed is what? It's Christ. Christ was the seed that God actually gave to Abraham. God said, this is now the answer. But it will take time to bring forth this answer. But this is the answer. You can have it. Are you understanding what I'm trying to teach you today? So when you're receiving Christ, everything they want to import into you, that Christ wants to import into you, What is not, they're not just making it today. Yes, sir. 
<laughs> but Christ is an invention. Do you see that? Christ is an invention that God is a work, is a creature of God. It's another type of creature of God that can live in a creature. Christ is a, a kind of creature that can do what? Live. But he's not just an ordinary creature. He's the creature with a dominion of a future age. Do you get what I'm saying? Dominion of what? Another way to put it is that Christ is a creature of eternity. <laughs> you don't believe me? Christ is what? He's a creature of eternity. And a, 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 a creature of eternity can swallow up generations. He doesn't need many generations to indwell, to undo. Christ is a creature of dominion, but not a dominion of the present. He's a creature of dominion of where? Of the future, of the future age. When Christ comes to the soul, the, he, the Christ is able to open a different kind of, to activate another kind of program within the soul that, that will make the soul, instead of counting one, two, three, counting like that, it is able to make the soul pick pace, speed. It's called power in the spirit. It's a technology of God. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Do you get me? Yes, Amen. Amen. So the wisdom of Christ, um, the danger is that Satan copied it. Everything that God is doing, he will look at it and he will check and make his own prototype. Yeah. It would, it would do his own kind of copy mm, for it. Do you get? Yes, sir. And so, what you call the, praise God, the, the world. What you call, the, say the world. The world. Is a invention that is a copy of Christ. The world is, are you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's an invention that's a copy of Christ. I'm not talking about ungodliness. The world is a power that brings ungodliness. 
into man. But, that, but ungodliness is a work of generations. It's an investment of generations. The ungodliness that you have inherited to a degree that God wants to save you from, you didn't invent, invent it. There are guys who worked on it. They kept committing it. So you will not see the world in Genesis chapter 1. You won't see the world in Genesis chapter 2. You won't see it in Genesis chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6. You won't see worldliness there. Praise God. I don't know if I'm making any sense to you at all. What is the power of worldliness of the world? Can someone tell me what's the power of the world? Now, based on what I've said, if you can summarize it, just tell me, just one thing I want to hear. What is the power of the world? What we call the world, Bible calls the world. Okay, honey. What is that desolation? That's correct. But there's this particular aspect. It's correct. Something you should add to it to fully characterize it, to make you, to, 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 to show you what, what short time? In a lifetime. You see? That's it. That's what they call the world. The world is a power that can make a soul inherit what is more than ungodliness. That can inherit all the dissolutory, inherit all the works of the enemy in one lifetime. Right? You see, God's initial answer, initially, to deal with, stop man from inheriting those things, initially, was to shorten his time. That was God's answer. After he killed the flood, he said, we won't kill the flood anymore. Well, rather, let's shorten the time. So that man will not have enough time. That when you live, after you live 70, 1800 years, you only do too much. You only learn a little bit of. <laughs> you can't take in too much. But say God can't bring Christ to man and Satan not know. That's the thing. It can't be a secret. There's no way God would do some secret. Abraham was secretly, no, 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 it's just, they, they can't do such, it's ground, the same way in Eden. God plant his own. I, I must plant my own. It's a kind of a legal argument in the spirit. Because if God will say that, 
I'm only, I'm only going to plant. I'm not going to give Satan a chance. Then that defeats the purpose. Actually, it won't be able to help man. It will just be there, right? Man will not be able to use it. That's why Satan, one of God's greatest worker, he didn't know God just did it in a way, is that God is, is because they know that the, the quality of God's life, to get to God's life, anything God's life, has to be done with the engine power of the will. The power of the will is the power of choice. So both God and their spirits, they both know that if we want man, man must have the power of choice. Satan knows that, he knows that I can't remove man from God without choice. Man must choose. God knows that I can't bring man to me without choice. So if they say, if God say, I, won't, I will keep this ground to myself, I won't let you sow, everything will be stagnating. Yeah. Nobody can do anything. God won't sow. They both know, it's a law, they know that you must sow, let the ground be there. Let man have his choice to choose. The same, that same, anything that has to do with the soul, movement of the soul, is, is, is driven by the power of the will, of choice. That's why you must be careful with what you are choosing. When you, anytime a man makes a choice, you, you tamper, you, you, you shift the landscape in the spirit. Choices of the heart shift spiritual landscape. Choices of the heart are, they are spiritually, legally, they are, they are legal incidents. It's recorded. When you make a choice, it's recorded in the spirit. Do you understand what I mean? <laughs> when you, whenever you, you choose, you're making a handwriting in the spirit. Right? Choice is, is a legal event in the spirit. Something that when you, you just chose to do something, then in the spirit you say, something has just happened. Right? If man has not, you, you have not been had an event of choice, nothing has happened as far as the soul is concerned. Once you make a movement of choice, something has just what happened. And it registers in the spirit. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So it's very clear that he can't preach the gospel to Abraham. When he preached the gospel to Abraham, he was committing seed. So you can't hide the seed. He said, if God, when God is bringing his own seed, Satan also brought his own seed to Abraham too. And then each other, they would check each other's own. Satan could, ah, wow, what is that thing? Called Christ. He must have looked at the seed. We study the seed and everything. You know God is, a, God can't even give him the seed, take a hand on it, check it out. Look at this thing. I know you've not seen this kind of thing before. But hey, look at this. We're about to change the game now. So look at what I'm working on. And I know that after now, you go and try and do your own. But just, you can look at it. Check the front, check the back. Have you seen enough? That's how God is. God is not going to hide Christ like that when it comes to man. There's no point. That defeats the purpose. If I, if I will bring a Christ, I'm bringing a power. Let me give you the chance. Go and make your own power. And let man, let man choose. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? 
And so when you say, you have to understand what that thing called the world. You need to understand what the world is. Right? You need to understand what the world is. It's not just ungodliness, unrighteousness. The world is a creature. It's a particular kind of what? It's a particular kind of creature that has the ability to accelerate the soul's timing, the soul's movement. That's why we must be careful with the world. Because the world can make you become something very, very bad really, really quickly. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Verse 2 of Hebrews 12. So looking unto Jesus, the, the author and what? And finish of our faith, who for the, the joy that was set before him endured what? The cross, despising what? The shame, and is set down at the what? For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you become wearied and faint in your mind, and you have not yet resisted what? Unto blood, what? Striving against what? Against sin. Praise God. So you can see that God's righteousness are in different formats. Right? There is you can, someone can carry, um, um, you can have, God's righteousness has been there. God's righteousness is in the heavens. Angels have it. They have their own measure. God's righteousness was on the earth. When man was created, it was a living soul. Man had righteousness, right? Adam had godliness in him. All of those things were there. Praise God. But Christ is a format, is a specific format. Do you get what I'm saying? Is a particular word? Is a specific format of what? Of, of righteousness. It is after the it is after the order of of what the future is after the is after the future pattern. It's not just God didn't have that pattern in present creation. Angels were not committed it. Unto the angels were not committed the world to come. Praise Jesus. When it comes to Christ, and, and do you know that Satan, the Bible says he's been a sinner. You know, he's sinned in heaven against God's life and all that. Those are great sins that uh, he committed. Another, another great sin he committed was creating the world. What you call worldliness. 
You know, it's different. Sin existed before worldliness. Worldliness is another, sin is a creature. But what you call the world is another creature. Do you understand? He, he made something else again. That to do opposite of what God is doing. Do you get what I'm saying? It's another great sin. And I know one of the law of Christ is that to make such a thing, right, to produce that when you are a, to become a producer of such, such a thing is a high offense in the spirit. The way in the Old Testament they told them that nobody should make any oil. If anybody does try to make an oil like this, the answer is death. In other words, no one should create this kind of capacity or no one should try and emulate. And that's what Satan did. Satan, Satan tried to, is trying to, to create something with, with, with that kind of, uh-huh, with that kind of strength. He's, he's, he's copying God's eternal wisdom. Do you see that he's trying to? You don't think eternal wisdom can be copied? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be copied. <laughs> the, the gospel they preached to Abraham, you think it's only Christ that was in that gospel? God preached the promise fully. Christ was just one part of what, the gospel that was preached to Abraham. God preached everything. Do you see that? Praise Jesus. So when you read the book of Revelation, chapter 17, you then understand what picture you are looking at in Revelation. That what was in the wilderness was in a special creature of of the devil, of Satan. That he created her, he raised her, right? And then he, he put her where? In the wilderness, in the spirit in the wilderness. Now, this woman, Babylon, right, that great war, the Bible says that she seated upon many waters. Amen. She seated upon many waters. And also upon mountains, which are 
the heads of. You know, the heads of the beast are different from the horns of the beast. The horns of the beast are a symbol of the beast's own authority. That is the, the horns of the beast. Those horns are higher than the head. You know, horn is always higher than head. In fact, horn is what sits on head. So if a horn sits on the head, it means the head is a kind of foundation. Right, but it's not an ordinary foundation. It's a high foundation because the head is a mountain. But the woman is not sitting on the horns. She's sitting on where? On the head. Now, what makes her able to sit on the head? It's because she has, she has a pop, a scarlet part of her nature. It's a mixture, purple and scarlet. Do you get what I'm saying? She has a, a, scarlet, a scarlet part of her nature, right? So it's very clear, this woman is not just ordinary. What this woman, what they are describing here, is not, and everything I've been telling you about the world, it's not just its infant stage. This is talking about the mature picture of the world. That's what this woman signifies. The world in its most mature form is not just purple, it is also scarlet. Amen. And it's scarlet. Glory to Jesus. So, so inside the beast, you know, the beast has things in him. The beast is a creature of destruction. A beast is a, an entity that has all the fullness of desolation. Everything that can be made desolate. Is desolate. Once they finish desolating the temple of a man, nothing else is left. Completely desolate means everything has been excavated. That's a beast. Do you understand that? It's beyond being ungodly. <laughs> it's more than ungodly, right? It's different. It's more than being ungodly. It's destroyed. So you see those horns that go, go higher than the head. <laughs> it's something that grows out of the head. Is higher now inside the head of that creature. If you when you say in the head of the creature, praise God. Hallelujah. In a sense, the horn is part of the head, but there's a part of the head you cannot sit really on the horn like that. There's a part of the head that is foundation. Am I making some sense to you? Yes, sir. 
Please use your spiritual mind to hear me, okay? I'm not saying nonsense, I promise you. What I'm telling you means something. The woman doesn't have what it takes to, to stand on a, to stay on a horn is, is not, you can't be a woman to stay on a horn. You have to, that's a different thing altogether. Glory to Jesus. But the woman can sit on the head. Praise God. The, the herd is less, the herd is less spiritual than the horn. The horn is spirit. So, but you can say the head together with the horn is spirit because the head has a horn. Well, if the head has a horn, then it's spirit. If it's a head that doesn't have a horn yet, it can be spiritual. But the sign that is spirit, there must be a horn involved. Like the lamb is a spirit. Seven eyes, seven horns. There are seven spirits. The seven spirit manifests, the spirit of God manifests as head and horn, as eyes and horns. It's not just eyes. The menorah, the spirit of Christ are eyes. Do you agree? Yes, but in the lamb, they're not visible like at horns. When, when, when the lamb has the spirit of God, it's not just eyes. It's eyes and horns. The eyes, you have horns that match the eyes. Yes, Glory to God. So that's not just the spirit of Christ. That's the, the manifestation of a, a God spirit. A kind of divine spirit. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, the, that's the, this beast of Revelation 17... Right, it's not just an ordinary head without horns. It's a head that has horns. It means that it's beyond just an ungodly nature. That beastly nature is, is a kind of spirit. You see. But this woman is not sitting on the horn. The woman is sitting on the head. But because in that head, they now describe that the woman, the head, are seven mountains, right? And, I, and we've, we've learned to see that mountains is a kind of foundation for spirit, right? Mountains are the, the, uh-huh. So if you want to summarize those what are those mountains uh, in the head? The simple. The mountains there are the summation of wisdom establishment. There is a they are edifice of wisdom. That's what head signifies. Head means the house, the keeper, the housing. Head means housing of wisdom. Right? The head is the what the housing. 
So the mountains, which, are, which, are, which show up as heads on the beast, are summation of, the, of wisdoms, right? It's mountain. That are, the head is a kind of a mountain. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. When you say a horn, a horn is also a type of mountain. Yes. But horn is spirit mountain. A horn is like a mountain, but it's not, it's not straight like this. A horn is, like a, is, a, is a different kind. You know, there is, when you talk of Zion is the holy mountain, in the scripture there's something called the most holy mountain. It's not just Zion. Zion is not only the only highest mountain in the spirit. It's what you call the olive mountain is higher than Zion, the mount of Zion. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. That other one, that one is the, is the mountain you climb into eternal life. The mountain that you climb into eternal life is not an upward mountain like this. It has a tilt going somewhere. It's directional. It points to the east, what you call the east direction in the spirit. It's a, it's a mountain, doesn't just go up. Zion goes up like this. It's just an, a mountain going upward. That is, is going to everlasting life. That is Zion mountain. But the horn mountain is different. It, it's, it mounts up, but it mounts with a tangent. Praise Jesus. And we know that tangent, if you trace it in the spirit, for God's own most holy mountain, it's, it's, you, it will tangent into eternal, eternal life. Eternal life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But this woman is not sitting on that kind when it comes to the beast. Because what they are describing is the world. It's a city called Babylon. Babylon. Say Babylon. 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 A city called what? Babylon. So this city called Babylon. Babylon means the maturity of, of ungodliness. It's Babylon is the city of ungodliness. It's not just ungodliness. It's ungodliness. It, the city of ungodliness. Amen. Amen. Are, are, do you get what I'm saying? Okay. City of what? Ungodliness. City of ungodliness. And now, what is the vocation of the power of that city? The, the city of that city has the power. Something. What makes that city potent? Sorry. <laughs> Don't be tired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think it's important to know what I'm teaching you? Yes. Okay. What makes these are things that Satan doesn't want anybody to know. He doesn't even want you to think. This. You know, we prayed for mercy today that God should help us to 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 uh -huh, praise God. Because without mercy, I know without mercy, I won't be seeing what I'm telling you. Amen. That, that um, city, Babylon, has a particular ability inside of it. Inside of it. It's a, it's to, it can, so it's, it's a city that sits on multiple mountains, but 
sits upon many waters. Right? Imagine a woman that's sitting upon what? Many. Sits upon many. That's the power of the world. That's the power of the world. So it means that inside that sitting ability, it's, not, it's, it's a strange kind of position. How can you be sitting upon different mountains and then sitting upon many waters? Do you understand what I mean? It's different. It means you are, you are a different kind of being entirely. You have, it means you are powerful. You have a power, a kind of power. Do you understand what I'm saying? What is the secret, the, the, the power of the world? The power of the world is, is, is to solve the problem of slowness. Amen. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you get that? Because now, why solving the problem of slowness is because slowness is the remedy God introduced in Genesis to, to stop the advancement of ungodliness. To understand this woman, to understand this city, to understand the world, you have to be careful. You have to trace it. You have to go back to the origin. You have to demystify. Now, what I'm teaching to you today is I'm teaching to you what Paul was, was speaking about in Lest any man spoil you through philosophies. Let's read that. Colossians chapter 2. Amen. Amen. Let's see very quickly. Verse 6. Colossians 2 verse 6. Amen. We're almost done, please. As you have received, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, right? You have to be rooted first, then then built up in him, established in the faith, right? So being rooted is the same thing as being established in the faith. Then being built up is abounding therein with thanksgiving. Do you see that? It's just the same thing. He said it first and explained what he's saying. So he said, rooted and built up in him, then and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding what? Therein with thanks, giving glory to God. And verse 8, beware lest any man spoil you. The word spoil you, the word spoil means to steal from you. Right? In my own Bible, it says that spoil, he's trying to explain what spoil means. He says, plunder you 
or take you captive. Right? To plunder you or take you captive means to remove things from you. That's the summary of the, the meaning of what it means. That you should be aware lest any man should spoil you or remove things from you or steal from you or to plunder you. And if they plunder you, it means they've taken you captive. Right? So the word captive is... Um, captive is a language of... Is the, is the definition of Babylon. Is, is captivity. Right? You know, Babylon... Egypt was, it was a bit different. Israel, the... They woke up in Egypt as a nation. You get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. How, how they woke up in Egypt and Egypt held them in bondage. It was actually bondage. They didn't like that place too much. They were there. Well, Babylon is different. Babylon uses the wisdom of spoiling. Spoil means that where you are, they will come there and captivate you. It's captivation. It's not just, it's beyond, you can't captivate without wine. Wine is the tool of spoiling. Right? It's alluring. Right? The Babylons, the Israelites fell in love with Babylon. That was, they were, and that word for captivity, different between bondage and captivity. Captivity is different. Captivity means, wow, you were captivated by it. You were captivated. Israelites were captivated by Babylon, right? That is why the, is the picture, Egypt is not a woman in the spirit. Babylon is a woman in the spirit with wine and power to, to seduce into fornication. That's the power of Revelation chapter 17. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Uh, you, see, you see that description? I'm describing what the world to you. Are you, are you scared of what I'm saying? Because of time, quickly. So he says that, be well, let's anyone. Now, what, how, do you, how are you spoiled? How are men spoiled? How are men stolen from? It's through philosophy and what? Vain deceit. Are you seeing that? Vilos philosophy, vain deceit. Then you see traditions of men. Then you see what? rudiments of this world and not after. So these are the opposite of Christ. The summary of everything here is, is what you call rudiments of this world. That's what I'm teaching today. That's my message. I'm teaching you the rudiments of this world. Praise God. These are the opposite of Christ. Christ can also spoil you. Because Christ is also a captivating power. Are you getting what I'm saying? But his own power, how we captivate, is different. It's not through philosophies and vain deceit. So are you seeing these things? Philosophy, vain deceit, tradition, philosophy. Look at them. Philosophy, vain deceit. That vanity there is a design. When I said the vain deceit is not just word. Vain deceit can be a culture. It can be a way of life. It's a tongue. People. Nation. A whole nation can be a vain deceit. 
say, wow, this nation is this. Every nation wants to be like them. It can be a vain deceit. Philosophy, way of thinking, through philosophy, thinking pattern. It's not just thinking, it's feel of Sophia. The love of a particular kind of wisdom. It's not just wisdom. If it's just wisdom, we say, let any man spoil you through wisdom. No, it's not that. It's through the, the love of wisdom. It's the, it's the pool. It's the pool of a particular kind of wisdom that is the, that is the spoiling power. Then you see vain deceit. Then you see what they call then traditions of men. These are according to division. Now you see everything here, they now call it the rudiment of this world. After the rudiment of this world. So you see everything here, where, so that men should not gather all these things fully. These things were distributed according to everything they mentioned in chapter 17 of Revelation upon which that woman seated. So for her to sit upon them, she's a bit interesting. Praise God. All these things here, Philosophy, vain the situation of men, the rudiments of this world, glory to God. They are properties that began to advance. Jesus, Jesus, the Lord began to see all kinds of things in men, properties. God began to see all kinds of properties inside of men who have gone very, 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 very far. Praise God. In the book of Genesis chapter, chapter 11, that was the first time you saw Babylon in the Bible. Genesis chapter 11. Am I correct? First time you saw Babylon, what they were telling you that this Babylon is a child of a man who is a, is a mighty hunter called Nimrod. Who is a mighty hunter before the, before the presence or before the face of the Lord. What does it mean to be a mighty hunter? He has skill. He has ability. He has skill. He has what? He has become mighty at hunting. Mighty at what? At hunting. And Satan was ready to use this. So think of Babylon, of Babylon as a kind of prototype. But this time man had begun to knock on the door. Right? Uh-huh. Man had begun to do what? Uh, knock on. Because the prosperity of that seed, uh-huh, of sin inside of men. Do you see that? Man had, men had that property because man was still together. You see that? So uh, man was still what? Man was still together. So man could do all those things. Now, when you hear Tower of Babel, Tower of Babel, there's a way you read this place. There's not too much time. I'll just rush a little bit. But people think about the tower. Don't think about tower. It's a city. Let's read that Genesis chapter 11. From verse, even before, when Nimrod, they spoke of Nimrod, they said, well, the, the whole earth was of one. That's the first thing they said. One language, one speech. Go, go on, verse 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east 
And they found a plain in the land of Shinar. This is chapter 11. In chapter 10, they spoke about Nimrod. Right, let's just quickly see what they spoke about Nimrod at the beginning of his, um, of his kingdom. I think that's what he said in chapter 10. Was, was called Babel. That's the first time. The word Babel just means Babylon. That's the first time you see Babylon in the Bible. Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. Then continue, verse 9. And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, when you hear the word mighty, he began to be a mighty one. So, so the men who had arrived close to destruction, God has, has removed them by flood. Men came back again. Generations passed. After a while, it got to a generation. Then men began to be mighty again. So might means once you have become ungodly, and you now begin to a point where you can begin to use ungodliness as a platform, as a foundation for worse things. Did go and say that is mighty glory to that's might. You understand what I mean? Is the the realm of the mighty? Is it standing? Right. The Bible says God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. And then he judges among the God. That where the mighty have where they stand in the spirit. There's a congregation of the mighty. There's a foundation above them. It's not a flat foundation. It's a mountainous foundation. Everybody in that congregation has journeyed far and high to a particular place. So this man had journeyed far. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. So he came into might and he came into hunting ability. What does it mean to hunt? To hunt means you can quickly locate, specialize in killing. That's, the, well, that's one of the power of might. You can, that's why Satan was able to kill, because he was mighty. He was able to kill from below. Are you understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. So this one began to be a mighty hunter before the Lord, and then the beginning of his kingdom. So the beginning of his kingdom. That was his type of his dominion was what? Babel. Ba- the word Babylon means confusion. Uh, but I'll tell you, inside my spirit, when I was reading it, the Lord was speaking to me that it's misleading. To, when you look at the, the meaning of Babylon, Babylon, it's not just means confusion. It's the, it's the power to make sense of confusion. To, is, the, is, is the ability to, to, to prosper in confusion. Is to prosper in confusion. While there's confusion, you can still get it done. You can, you can do you understand what I mean? So, so Babel, Babylon, Babel is, it, it has to do with, it reflect, the name reflects a kind of confusion. Amen. But really it has to do with the, um, it has to do with, it, it really means not really, it's more like multitude. M- multitude. Mixture. That's the, uh, what the meaning of is Multitude, mixture. Kingdom, Babel, Erech, and Archer. Glo- glory to God. Let's go to chapter 11 quickly. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're, we're almost done. Chapter 11, verse 1. Um, and the whole earth was of one language, you see, and of one word, one speech. Okay, verse 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shena, and they do what? They dwelt there. Verse 13, and they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. Okay? And they said, go to, let us build, first thing is what? It's a city. It really, what they built was a city. It just happened that the city has a tower. You understand what I mean? Yes, sir. So the problem wasn't Tower of Babel. It was Babel. It was a city. It's the city called Babel. It's the, the city was the sponsor of the tower. God had a problem with this tower. This tower is a kind of a horn. You see that? It's, you can't have a horn without city. And that word for horn, you can, the Bible calls about the horn of salvation. The horn of salvation. And that word for tower is like name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteousness, you know that name is salvation. Do you understand what I mean? And that's what they want to make. Let them make a tower whose top may reach up to heaven. Let us make us a name. Lest we be scattered abroad upon what? The, what? the face of the earth. So, so it's very clear that it's, they were trying to build a defense against scattering. Do you see that? It, it's a defense against what? So are you seeing the meaning of Babel? Babel is, is the city that is the power against being scattered. It is, that's the fortification of the city. It's power against what? And, but the problem is not about being scattered. It's being what they want to be together for. <laughs> what do they want to be together to do? is to make a name, to make us a name. They shouldn't be making a name. So this name that they want to make is not, the way God saw this name, it's not an ordinary name. It's called names of blasphemy. They have names of blasphemy, which they already had. It's the nature of blasphemy. So you, you understand what I mean? <laughs> which also the beast had in the book of chapter. The woman had it, the beast had it. Glory to God, verse five, amen. amen. Quickly, verse four, um, five. And the Lord came down to see the, the, the city. You see it? They're not mentioning tower. It's always city and tower. It's city and tower. The Lord came down to see the city and then what? The tower, which the children of men builded, verse six. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. And they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing shall be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Verse 7. And go to, let us go down and therefore confound their language that they may not understand one another's word. Speech, verse 8, quickly. 
And so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to be, means they, they removed their hands from building what? The city, full stop. So it's, it's, the, it's the city that they were building, they were trying to build. So God, so it means that what the scattering of them was to stop them. Leave the tower first. Let's leave the tower. We're not talking about the tower today. We're about that tower, no. We're talking about city. That this intervention of scattering them was to stop them from building what? To, from building his, his city. Praise God. So you see this city, you now see that. Why is this, why is, because, why is the answer against the city scattering them? It's because this city sits upon many waters, and the waters upon which the woman sits are what? According to Revelation 17, are many what? Peoples, nations, multitude, tribes, and tongues. Are you seeing that? So it's very clear that God didn't want them to do this, but Satan now, you see that? So God stopped them from this. He scattered them. Why? Why is God scattering them? Because God said, because I want, I'm going to bring a power that is spiritual so that the right city can be built so that the honor of salvation can be raised. So God has kept that separation of cities, of, sorry, tongues and tribes and nations. He scattered them and he left them for himself. That, so that his Christ should be the one to, when he comes, understand them, sit upon them. Do you get what I'm saying? So, each of those, when you say tribe, nations, is the, each of them have an attribute. There are things about them that are in each of them. They have unique insight into a specific attribute that makes the soul spiritually functional. Are you understanding me? <laughs> If you, if you leave some tribes and you don't recover what they have, you will lose some things in the soul. Yeah, the soul will not be, be, be full. The soul won't will, will be able to, to move further and make a lot of progress when it comes to spiritual things. Yes, yes. Each of those distribution of tribes and tongues, they have their different properties which the soul needs to be together. Do you see that? So to make the soul prosper, you must be able to find a way to. So what, what does the woman sit? I, I explained to you the first time I taught about the woman just recently, sitting upon what I said. It's not physical people she's sitting on. What, what I explain it as? I say, what is a tongue? Well, for example, those are character, they are soul properties. Right, yeah. And I said, there's a difference between a nation, a multitude, tongue, people, seated. This is in a water form. So if it's in water, it's talking about soul property that are embedded within this particular. 
Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So it means this woman is a, it has the ability to, while a person is sitting down here in some remote aspect of Ottawa, when the woman comes and brings her wine, inside her wine, you can be drinking things from remote places of the earth. From, you can be drinking things from where? Remote places of the earth. And the woman can begin to put the soul together prematurely to function right and make you capable of receiving desolations. Investment. First, see ungodliness. It's not easy to just to be ungodly easily. Because those properties that sponsor ungod- ungodliness are distributed in nations and tribes and tongues and all of that. But you, you don't have to travel to all the nations to be ungodly. Why? Because of the world. You don't need to travel. You have your representatives. They are the kings who serve you. They go to the woman, fornicate with her, bring the wine, and serve it to you. Praise God. So those things called traditions of men, rudiments of this world, philosophies, it's in vain deceit. Those are properties that are the rudiments of this world, that, that the world is potent with to put the soul together. And when the soul has been put together this way, this soul can receive so much in one lifetime. You don't need too long. You don't need to travel to, to China to receive their own allocation, their own prosperity of ungodliness. Where you are, you can receive it via just, just, be, just, be, just be, in, be, in, be drinking the wine that the, the kings who you, <laughs> you know are drinking, are serving to men. When you keep drinking that wine, what will happen? It, it shortens the time it takes to be ungodly. It shortens the time. So that desolation of many generations can be inherited in one generation, in one soul, in one lifetime. Glory to God. Amen. But we know that everything here is a copy of God. I see this wisdom of how to sit upon the nations, of how to recover things. It's actually a wisdom that God, that is in Christ, that Satan stole that wisdom. And thank God that Christ died for us in due season. Christ died for who? For the ungodly. Glory to God. So when it was time for Christ, to usher in the ministry of Christ, you have to prepare the people for the facility. The facility of Christ is the spirit, not just Holy Ghost, but spirit indwelling. Right? And the spirit will indwell. And when the Holy Ghost came the first time for, to, to, com, com, to really, really start that ministry of indwelling, he came with a sign in the day of Pentecost. 
and that sign on the day of Pentecost was they appeared unto them closing tongues as of fire. And God made sure that in that time of Pentecost, it must happen in a time when people have journeyed from all parts of the earth, everywhere. They all came from all around the, the world to Jerusalem. Praise Jesus. And then that sign occurred, and they began to speak with other tongues, with diversity. Those from Europe are hearing their tongue. Those from America are hearing their tongue. It's to tell you that the, the, the oil of the Spirit, it was, that was a foretaste of the potency of Christ. Is that is the, is the, is the unification. One of the power of, of Christ is to restore the togetherness of the soul, but not for anything else, but for the name of God, to receive the name of God for salvation. That's why when you are born again, you are in the New Testament, you're not, a, you're not a Nigerian, you're not an African, you're not an Igbo, you can't be. After some, it just means you're not in the spirit. Just being in the spirit for some time, you will lose that thing, whatever it is, your tribalism, you just lose it. In fact, to be honest, I wouldn't lie to you. If you are very tribal, it means that you've not, you've not spoken in tongues enough, or maybe you, you speak in tongues, but you've not, you have not, you've not, you have not, allowed the tongues to carry you into the spirit. Maybe you spoke only tongue. You didn't drink the tongues. You didn't drink the wine that the tongue is meant to bring because those tongues also, the spirit of God is also a server of wine as well. Christ is also a server of wine. When you begin to move in the spirit and walk in the spirit and live in the spirit, you lose that things tribe, your spirit, your soul begin to gain ability that are not native to your tribe, to your biological. You say, ah, in our tribe we are dancers, we don't really think too much. That's why Bible is hard for me. <laughs> you say, ah, in our own place we are very, very cerebral, we think too much. That's why it's hard for me to have faith and flow in the spirit. <laughs> I, I get what I'm saying. You, you need to understand what the, the resource of the Spirit is, what the resource of Christ is to our soul. Amen. I'm sorry, I can't go further than this today. When they are telling you, be in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, what they are telling you is that is take compatibility and take posture for the redemptive provision that heaven and God has made, it took investment to make it available. To give you a place in the spirit took a lot of investment from God and from heaven. It is not something that you just turn away from. Oh, well, I'm not really this. I don't flow that way. <laughs> Find a way to flow that way. Because if you don't drink this one, you have another one with me. In fact, there's one you've been drinking since. Heaven has to intervene to slow you down. That's quite what makes us weak concerning moving into the spirit is because of the wine that we are drinking. The wine of the world that we are drinking. And they need to heal us from it because that thing is powerful. It's a power. When you drink the world, you become so powerful in terms of ungodliness. The world empowers the soul for ungodliness. 
but Christ empowers the soul for godliness. The Lord will empower your soul. The Lord will take this teaching to you. He will interpret it to you. It will make sense to you. The Holy Spirit will, he will say to your heart what he intends to say to you and he will open it up, a package of blessing and minister it as the word says. He will bring to your remembrance all that has been said unto you. Father, we thank you today. We give you all the glory. We honor your name. Thank you for blessing us, for speaking to us. Thank you for opening up the word. We ask that you will solidify the truth. Move beyond just the speech, just the words. And Lord, let the spirit of what you're communicating register. Let it rest upon our heart. Let's take it home. Let's not forget it. Teach us how to prosper with it. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory. We give all the praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.